1: Check out DreamHost. Not only is their solution super affordable, it'll make your website load faster and they have amazing tools and support for your business to ensure that you grow and succeed.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Marketing School. I'm your host, Eric Sue. And I'm Neil Patum. And today we're gonna to talk about what churn is and how to reduce it. So churn is a metric that has been kind of populated or made popular through the software as a service world. And it's basically the number of, uh, it could be the number of customers that you're losing per month uh, divided by overall customers, or it can be your revenue as well. But uh, Neil, I mean, you have a lot of experience in the software as a service space. So curious to hear your thoughts about your experience with uh, Churn in general.
1: Yeah, as Eric mentioned, the basic version of Churn is how many people are leaving each month, right? So if you have 100 customers and no more that are coming, if you're losing 3% each month, your churn is 3%, right? So that's just rough churn calculations. And some people say they have negative churn because they're adding more customers than they lose. I don't like calculating that way. I look at it as when you add a customer, how many of them drop off each and every single month? Because that tells you how good your product is or service. If it sucks, you're going to have high churn. If it's great, you're going to have low churn. And ideally, you want to be optimizing for no more than 10 or 20% churn per year. If you're going after small and medium businesses, your churn numbers are going to be much higher. If you're going after enterprise companies, your churn is going to be much lower, but it also takes much longer to get the contracts and customers, and you won't have as many of them.
0: Right. And here's the thing. I think a lot of people, you know, they think, you know, certain churn percentages are acceptable. So we'll, we'll just throw a number out there. You know, when you're losing 5% of your customers uh, month over month, you might think it's okay as a business, but it actually isn't okay. So more, you know, venture capitalists, when you're looking for funding, uh, typically they're looking for churn rates. And Neil, correct me if I'm wrong here, it's typically 2% or under. Does that feel about right? Yeah, per month. Okay. 2% or under is, is acceptable. But if your churn rate is 5%, if you analyze that, that actually means you have to get, uh, let's say you have 100 customers over a year, you actually have to get 48 customers to, you know, be uh, to, to break even or be a little profitable um, for the year in terms of, uh, you know, adding more customers. So just keep in mind, it, it makes it very difficult to scale a business when you have 5% churn. So businesses out there, such as education businesses, some are actually really tough, you know, some struggle with 15 to 20% churn, and when you present that number to venture capitalists, if you're looking for funding, uh, it's very difficult to get that uh, get that level of funding because they just tend to, you know, it's very numbers-based, right? They're, they're going to stray away from that. They want to go for more uh, stable businesses that have, you know, 2% or less or even, uh, like Neil mentioned, negative churn as well. In terms of how to reduce churn, I mean, there are a couple of ways to do it. I think what I usually like to do is take a step back. Send a survey to the audience and get their thoughts about, you know, what's wrong with the product? What, you know, what were they trying to accomplish in the beginning? Uh, where does the product fall short? Maybe even get on a phone call with them. Ideally, you are getting on a phone call with them so you can actually have a conversation and build a personal relationship so you can even contact them later if they're willing to, to permit it. So I think that's what I would do initially, but there's obviously a lot to, to layer on. Neil, what are your thoughts?
1: Sure. So I'm going to give you guys a few tactics. Some of them, some people think are like great and awesome. Some others will think that are just like, okay. And I'm not trying to say what you should or shouldn't do. I'm just going to tell you the landscape and what people are doing to reduce churn. The first is yearly subscriptions. So you can do like a 30-day free trial and after you get billed annually or no trial, and you just bill them annually. The reason people are doing annual is because you're giving them less times to cancel Right. If you do month to month, every month they have the option to cancel. You do annual, you get less uh, people that could end up canceling. And the way if you just did annual on all plans, you'll notice a huge drop off on conversions from people visiting your site to signing up. That's why most people are doing sign up for a free trial and then you get billed annually. Um, But I look at that as a bandage. I've done it myself too. And the reason I look at it as bandage is If people aren't happy with your product service, they're going to churn, right? If you do it annually, yeah, you may have gotten a few more months worth of money, but they're still going to churn and they're not going to be happy. Another thing that a lot of people do to reduce churn is they don't email invoices. They put them within the dashboard. Because every time you email someone an invoice, you'll notice that you'll get more cancellations, especially on monthly plans. If you're doing annual, I don't recommend even testing that out. You should always be emailing people because they're going to get mad of a big expensive credit card ding. Or if you don't email them and you do annual, make sure you refund anyone who complains no matter what. Or you're going to have credit card processing issues due to chargebacks. Another tactic that you can end up leveraging, and this is my favorite one, is find out what causes people to love your product, like the people who are paying it and they keep logging in, because you can you can have your engineers break down, right? who's your most active customers. What do they do differently during the onboarding process than the other people who are churning fast? And typically it has to do with usage and people taking specific actions. And what we found is during the first week or 30 days of an account, but the first week is really important, if you can get a user To take specific actions and more of those actions, they're usually going to be a really solid user and they're not going to churn much. It doesn't even matter if you do monthly or yearly options. The key is how engaged and how often can you get them to use the product within the first week. And Facebook is similar. They found out that when someone comes on board of Facebook, if they don't have friends and they don't upload pictures, they're less likely to use it. That's why they push you so hard to invite friends when you first signed up for Facebook, or they did when they first came out. And they push you so hard to upload images, right? So you got to figure out what metrics are really important to you or that are important to the users that cause them to either stick or churn. And uh, a great way to do that is, as Eric mentioned, is either surveying, Right, you can use like tools like Qualaroo, look at your Google Analytics to see what specific people are doing, and you can just talk to people over the phone and be like, "Okay, what did you like? What did you not like?" Um, I myself go with the fourth option, which takes a bit more work. I have engineers go into a database and be like, "Okay, people ran three tests, or up put in a JavaScript on their site because my product requires JavaScript." and they created it and they changed the colors and they did this, they're much more likely to stay on and they're really happy with the product. So that way we've changed the onboarding flow and the experience to make sure we include those things and emphasize them when someone comes up and joins at the beginning.
0: And one other thing, I, I think you talked about uh, one, one really important aspect. And if you Google the phrase one key metric, I believe the post was from Josh Elman. It talks about How Facebook had, you know, their one key metric they're aiming for. Twitter had the same thing too, and there's a host of uh, other companies in there as examples. You need to figure out your one key metric first. Um, but one other thing, um, I want to introduce the concept of dunning. Um, I think it's it's pronounced dunning, but it's basically referring to the management of you know expiring credit cards and then reaching out to these customers too. Um, you can use something like uh, Churn Buster, and I think there's a host of other tools out there to help with um, this situation. I know for us, I mean, you know, when uh, credit cards fail, you know, we, we had our developer set up automation where um, you know the, the customers would get an automated email, and then this will kind of solve our problem. Um, so just Take a look at that. Uh, you know, look, that's
1: too much work. Just use Visa and MasterCard updater. It costs like nine, 10 cents per record if you're going in volume, sometimes like seven cents. And Visa and MasterCard will give you someone's new credit card number if it gets changed. Like if my credit card gets stolen, I'm paying for a. Or if Eric's using Crazy and his credit card gets stolen, uh, the next month we try billing him, it doesn't go through. Visa automatically just gives us the new credit card information. So that way we don't have to bug Eric.
0: Really? How much does it cost?
1: It's per record. I think it's like it's under 10 cents because we're doing quite a bit of volume, but you can uh, it varies a lot, but I believe it's like shouldn't cost more than 20 cents on the high end.
0: There you go. And um, also one thing we did uh, was we added the concept of pausing. Um, so pausing was kind of a stopgap where you know we, we'd allow people to stop their subscription for a little bit and then it restart again automatically in the next two or three months. Um, That did help with churn, but, you know, you can think of it as something that's a little artificial, but you can add that in there. I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, Neil, any closing thoughts before we hop off?
1: No, it really comes down to, as Eric mentioned, finding that one thing that causes people to really love your product. Twitter had it, Facebook has it. If you can figure what that is and then you can push the onboarding experience to getting people to do that one action and do a
0: lot of it, they're going to be happy and they're going to stay way longer. All right. Great. Let us know what you think about this episode and we'll see you in tomorrow's episode of Marketing School. This session of Marketing School has come to a close. Be sure to subscribe for more daily marketing strategies and tactics to help you find the success you've always dreamed of. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best daily content possible. We'll see you in class tomorrow right here on Marketing School.